Hey, this is episode number 17 of Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports, brought to you by Numbers Don't Lie Productions. And today, before we get started, we just want to let you all know that we're thinking about you uh, during this pandemic and shutdown of our nation, and hopefully everyone is doing okay, taking care of themselves, and we're looking forward to getting back to life and getting back to our sports here soon. In this interview, we had Bridget Case, who is a retired NFL cheerleader, sports journalist, and host of several sports podcasts, interviewing current and former professional athletes. Bridget brought a ton of value and advice for our audience, including getting past negative thoughts and adversity and becoming your best self on your sports journey. You'll enjoy learning who her favorite interviews have been, which athletes inspire her to be great, and her sincere passion as a mental health advocate for young people and athletes. Before we get into the show, be sure to subscribe so new episodes will be sent to you automatically, and please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And remember, if you'd like to learn more about the services offered by Numbers Don't Lie and how we can help you highlight your athlete and their special skills, be sure to visit numbersdontlie.biz. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports, where we bring you insights from top athletes, their sports journey, and those positively impacting the youth sports community. If you're ready like we are, let's go. Okay, we want to welcome a sports journalist and creator of the After Orange Slices podcast, Bridget Case, to highlighting the best of youth sports. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today, Bridget. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm doing great. You know, surviving through this quarantine, but thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all trying to get used to this uh, new world and hopefully we'll be back out there uh, sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, thank you for joining us. Uh, Bridget, let's start by you taking a few moments and just tell, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, uh, your background as both a scholar and professional athlete, and now a journalist and podcaster in the sports world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, podcasting has been such a fun journey right now. It's definitely a blessing, I would say, during this time while so many people are working from home. I'm so lucky that I have this right now because I know so many people are having such a hard time adapting. And I came from the TV world, so I've spent um, the last few years hopping around different sports markets um, as a sports anchor covering local sports, a lot of high school sports. That was the main focus. So um, I'm very well-versed you know, as to where the, where the changes and trends have gone in youth sports. It's really amazing because it's not anything like, like when I was growing up, it's just so crazy. Um, and, and so that was really fun. But of course, once I left my last job, um, I was living up in Eastern Washington. I was uh, the sports anchor up there at the local CBS station. Um, I, I just felt like I wasn't growing anymore. And I, I just knew that something out there was going to be the next step for me. And I didn't know what that meant. And I had to take a huge leap of faith on myself. And for me, that just meant coming home and moving back in with my parents, which I did not want to do, especially being out of college for so long. And I just always thought like, 
okay, I, I would never move back into my parents, especially like, you know, being like almost 30. I'm like, I would never do that. And you know what? It was the biggest blessing in disguise because it gave me this ability to start this digital platform and launch this huge brand and, um, and become an independent journalist on my own. And I've been able to get incredible interviews and grow my skills as a journalist in a completely different way. I mean, the digital medium has just exploded. It's not even like when I started as a journalist, you know, six years ago, it's not even the same um, as it was back then. Social media is not even the same. And I felt like I was so behind as far as social media went, you know, I didn't even know how to really use it while I was working in local TV um, and nobody watches local TV anymore. You know, all of the coverage is all digital. That's what the kids right. are watching. Everybody's immersed in their screens. And that was hard for me, of course, to, um, to accept at first. But once I did and figured, okay, if I want to move forward as a journalist, I got to kind of adapt to the times. That's what I did. And, um, so it, it's definitely fun for me to cover sports in this way. It's a lot different than, of course, like I said, when I was growing up, I grew up as a dancer my whole life. I danced for uh, about 23 years, okay. um, started dancing when I was, uh, tw two years old. And awesome. so, um, so very, very young. And then I, um, went and cheered for Oregon in college for four years. And then I went and cheered for the San Diego chargers in the NFL. So, uh, that was, you know, really amazing experience. But of course I just felt like this huge calling that I needed to, um, answer when it came to being able to tell stories. I always wanted to be a journalist. I started a newspaper when I was in elementary school and I, I just mostly got, I think, burnt out um, when it came to, you know, my body and just practices. And I just felt like there was something else out there for me. And, um, and that's kind of what landed me here. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. And, and I, I know a lot of our audience will appreciate uh, the journey you've been on with uh, college athletics and then pros. And now you have an opportunity to, uh, on a regular basis, interview professional athletes. Why don't you tell us just, just briefly, uh, what's the concept behind uh, the After Orange Slices podcast? So w what are you doing as far as who are you interviewing that type of thing? Yeah, so the After Orange Slices podcast, which is my main show, because I've actually got two podcasts going right now, but After Orange Slices, it is a really cool platform because it allows athletes to tell their stories about their transition into life after sports and also giving athletes who are still in the game, giving them a platform to explore the more than an athlete um, you know, theme. Like what we are, of course, bringing more to light now, a lot more people are talking about that, but it's still just not enough. I felt for so long that I was stereotyped as this, you know, stupid, pretty cheerleader. And I am actually, you know, I have my master's from USC. Like I'm pretty smart and I have done a lot. I've accomplished a lot on my own. And um, a lot of people who meet me are always so surprised and impressed at all the things that I can do because they always stereotype dancers and cheerleaders in a certain way or or they say like oh you're not athletes and you know I can usually prove somebody wrong that I'm more athletic than them but um yeah it's it's a really great way for me to feel like I never I never got what I needed from this podcast right like I never got the validation that I needed as an athlete um feeling like I was more than what people labeled me as. So by doing this podcast, it's not only me exploring these topics as a journalist and telling these stories, it's also me being able to almost therapeutically like let go of the things that I went through as an athlete all growing up and uh, even in college and in the pros. 
Yeah, and as, as you mentioned earlier with uh, today's world as far as media and social media, mm-hmm. and now, uh, you know, athletes having their own personal brands that they are becoming more and more concerned with at an earlier age, in the, yeah. at, at the youth age. And, um, you know, that's really cool that you're able to do that, that you're able to, one, tell your story, and then, two, also tell your story about athletes transitioning to other things that are just as important as their sports life. But... Um, you know, sports is woven into the fabric of our, our, our country and, and our lives. And it, it's really cool. And that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast and why we have our uh, business um, numbers don't lie as well. So mm-hmm. Bridget, who are some of the bigger names that you've uh, had an opportunity to interview that some of our audience may be familiar with? <sighs> Gosh, I always get asked this question and I never prepared. I don't know why. It's horrible. But I will tell you, my, one of my favorite interviews that I have done, and a lot of the kids listening probably will not know who this is, but Julie Heldman, she's kind of the unsung hero next to Billie Jean King. So she was one of the original female tennis players, part of the Virginia Slims um, you know, launch of women's tennis. Her mom, Gladys Heldman, um, she was the first female to really launch tennis. She launched World Tennis Magazine, um, and she was the reason that female tennis players, players started getting paid in the first place. So hearing Julie's story and the things that she has gone through, um, she's dealt with mental mental illness her entire life. Her mom de- dealt with mental illness her, their, her entire life. I mean, the documentaries that are out there about her family, about Billie Jean King and the things that she's been through with her. The stories are unbelievable, right? Like everybody knows the match between, um, you know, Billie Jean and, uh, and Bobby, right? Like it's, it's crazy to think about those things happened really not that long ago. And to think that I'm talking to this woman who experienced all of this inequality um, back in pretty like in the scheme of our world, a pretty modern time um, is so incredible to see like a woman who fought for something while, you know, we're just out here being so grateful and just kids are just out there like, you know, on TikTok and getting paid for things. And you know, <laughs> right. it's just, it's just amazing. Like I'm so grateful to talk to women like that who have been such pioneers in their sports. And, and by, when I say, you know, getting paid, it was like maybe a thousand dollars for a grand prize at like the biggest tournament. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What's, you know, some, a piece of advice you would have have liked to have had, uh, you know, in high school as you were transitioning into college and then going, uh, you, you know, taking your dance and cheerleading to the professional level. What's some advice you wish you would have had that you, you might be able to pass along now? Two things. Well, this can kind of go together. I would say that your sport is not everything. It is everything when you first go to college. Like I went to Oregon, sure, knowing that I wanted to pursue journalism, but I went there to be a cheerleader because I was going to one of the best programs in the country. I was going to a winning football school. That's why I went there. And that was my 100% dedication. You know, there was no time in my head for internships, but I also set that precedent. Like I already said in my head, okay, I don't have time for that. There's my focus is cheer. But if I could have just realized that I needed to push the boundary a little bit and open myself to up, up to other things so that once I was done with sports, I was ready to go. And, and more kids are better at this nowadays, but back when I was, not everyone was so good at it. Um, 
I really wish that I was better at exploring those things. I just used to think, oh, like, I'm going to be fine. You know, I, I'm, I'm a talented journalist in school. Like, I'm going to be fine. But really not having the immersive experience and not taking chances on myself to network and leverage the connections that I had at Oregon as a student athlete and saying, going out to a local station and saying, hey, like, I'm a student athlete at Oregon. Can I just shadow you for a couple days? Me thinking, oh, well, I only have three weeks of a summer because I don't have a full summer like everyone else. So I can't get an internship because they have to be 10 weeks. I just want every kid to realize don't follow the rules. I know that sounds so ridiculous, but make your own rules and find a way to just think outside the box and figure, you will figure out a way to do it. And just don't worry so much about the rules because I worried too much about doing everything the right way. And that's what got me stuck eventually once I left my sport. So if I were to just think a little bit more creatively at that time and not worry so much about, you know, what my coach would think or what a teammate would think and just worry about what I wanted to do, then I think I would have been a lot more prepared for life after sports. Now, you are, are you interview athletes that are transitioning out of their sports or mm -hmm. not, not necessarily out of their sports, but to the next phase of their life, whether it's career or, you know, retirement. Um, how do you think sports prepare an athlete uh, to make that transition and, and to face life's challenges after sports? Yeah, I definitely notice a huge trend with business people who have been either college athletes or professional athletes, especially people in tech. Um, so that drive that we all have to be the best, mm -hmm. to never settle for anything that is less than great, you know, to always strive for perfection. You can always tell who has been an athlete or somebody who has, um, has that competitive mentality. There's something that drives them more to work harder than everybody else in the room. And sometimes that gets me in trouble. Like when I'm in a newsroom sometimes and, and there are certain people that might not have the same mentality as me. Um, but you know, you also have to realize, okay, it is a blessing and a curse and you have to realize how, how to work with people outside, outside in a new world. Um, that's not a team, but not, that's not a sports team. It's a different kind of team. Um, but, but I definitely think it's a blessing because you learn all of these strategies. And one thing that is hard is when athletes do leave their sport or transition out, a lot of these skills, people think, oh, they don't transition into a resume right? Like even when a high schooler is going to college, you think if that high schooler has not had much work experience and is trying to get a, a job in college and all he's done is played, you know, tennis his whole life. Well, how do you translate those skills onto a resume? You can translate leadership, hard work, um, time management, all of these skills that we don't think about breaking down that work really well in any kind of job environment. And so if you could just like Think about those things and um, apply them to our everyday business world. That's how, like, you know, an athlete is usually the hardest working person in the room. Athletes are pushed to be great at all times, to do their best, to be the best that they can possibly be. And uh, in the business world, that's what people are looking for right. as well. And whether it's your own business or you're working within that team environment, there are so many skills that translate over. So I, I know you're really passionate about uh, empowering young athletes and especially young female athletes because of your experiences and you 
you know, you mentioned some negative things were said to you, uh, you know, coming through the ranks and, and different things, both as a journalist as, as well as, as a cheerleader. So I, I'm hoping you can speak a little bit about your, your, I know you're passionate about youth athletes and their mental health and uh, also for young girls. Um, and this is something that's uh, I'm passionate about as well. Cause I have a 12 year old daughter yeah. who uh, did competitive cheerleading and now she's transitioned over to volleyball as well. And this is one of the concerns I have with her all the time is just not being negative about herself and uh, a different way she may look or different things like that. And um, so I'm just hoping you can speak on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, especially when I was growing up, things have advanced so much in just the last couple of years. But especially when I was growing up, we just didn't talk about mental health or your feelings that much. It was always such a negativity if you were sensitive, right? Like I used to hate that word. People would always call you sensitive if you were affected by something that a coach said or a teacher said. But it's funny, now that I look back on certain things, when I was able to deal with things in college or in the pros that weren't even near as horrible as things that I went through as a kid, I I realized like, okay, like, whoa, that was, that was pretty rough. That was pretty tough stuff. Like I I got through that, but also I was always so afraid to talk to people about certain things that I dealt with as a kid because I was scared to be called sensitive. I was scared that people wouldn't understand how I was feeling. Um, I I was always, you know, made fun of for certain things when I was a kid. Um, and, And I just, felt like I didn't have anybody to open up to. And in high school, especially it got really bad where I just struggled and I struggled with depression and I felt so alone. Um, college, it was really bad too, mostly because I just dealt with, with bullying and that was within my, my team. Um, but when I was a kid, it, it really stemmed from one experience in fifth grade where I was in a, um, I was in a special class that was like for uh, gifted academic students. I don't know. It was, that was some, it was, that was in the title, but, um, I didn't really connect with the students on a very social level because they were all very like school focused. And I was so focused on dance. Like I left, I left early for competitions all the time, you know, like, so I remember one time I had the best fifth grade teacher and she took us outside because we were supposed to choose our seats. Um, in the class. And it was the first time that you were getting to do this in elementary school. And so all the girls got to pick who they wanted to sit next to at their table. So she takes us outside and there's like 13 of us and she takes us outside and she says, okay, girls, like there's a problem. None of you, this doesn't work. None of you want to sit next to each other. Like it doesn't work out. Um, you know, what's the deal here? So everyone looks around at each other and I'm looking around and I'm like, yeah, guys, like, what's the deal here? You know, thinking we're all on the same team. And one girl steps up and she just says, well, we all don't want to sit with Bridget. And it was the most painful thing I had ever felt. I mean, I was so young, but I ran to the bathroom. All of those girls got in trouble, mostly because my teacher knew that all I was was overly nice (laughs) to them. And to the point where it was probably not good, but um, I tried so hard to to make people like me from such a young age, and I realized that that was so detrimental on my mental health. And 
once I got older and realized all of those experiences that I had been through and stopped caring about what people thought and like worrying if people liked me because no, not everyone's going to like you. That's just how it is. Once I stopped caring what people thought, I was so much happier. And so I just want any young girl out there or, or boy, anybody out there who feels like they're struggling to know it's okay to ask for help. And sometimes it might not be a friend because a lot of times friends don't really know how to react. And that's okay. That doesn't mean they're a bad friend. It just means that they don't know how to deal with people who struggle with mental health issues. And also, I really want to clarify also, like mental illness and mental health are different. We all, str- we all have mental health. Some people struggle with it versus some people don't. And mental illness is, is different than that. But um, I want more people to know that it's okay to ask for help. Just maybe think about first who you want to ask. Um, don't just, you know, run up to your friend during lunch and say that, you know, you're feeling really depressed and all these things because then you might feel like someone might start a rumor about you and all that stuff. Cause I, that's what, those are the things that happened to me in high school. And so, um, you know, like I, I do want to be honest about that. So being honest and you going and asking for help doesn't mean just, you know, blabbing it to the world. It just means finding somebody that you can confide in and you can trust in. Also, um, counselors at school. I had the most amazing high school counselor. She was the best. Um, They're really great. So I totally, totally suggest going and seeing your counselor. Um, Or if if you have a coach, that is really, really special. Most of my uh, coaches and teachers growing up were very, very supportive. Yeah, I think that's really important advice. And I, I, I appreciate you sharing your story uh, with me and, and with, with the audience and with the stresses that come with, you, you know, high school athletes and even, uh, you know, youth, youth athletics, the stress that comes with that along with school. And then you're at an age when you get into high school where you're at an age of making mistakes. So you totally. have all those things with, with the clicks and, and rumors starting and understanding that there's healthy and unhealthy ways to deal with your anxiety and your stress right. is right. very important and you're learning how to do that. And, uh, that's really good advice. And, and again, I, I, I appreciate you sharing your story and, and, you know, giving your advice uh, with that too. And I, from what I hear from what you're saying is the number one thing is don't hold it in. Don't hold the, yeah. talk to someone and it doesn't necessarily need to be, uh, you know, appear, uh, your age, but you need to talk to someone and it's really important to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like a water balloon. You know, if you let the hose keep filling it up for way too long and you don't check it, the water balloon's going to explode everywhere, right? And it's just going to be this huge mess that you have to clean up, especially if it's inside. And so that's always what I think of is I can't let my balloon explode. If I keep everything bottled up, it's just going to be worse. Okay, I'm going to pivot a little bit here. And so what I want to ask you is uh, social media was... I don't think was as prevalent as it is today when you were uh, in college and in high school. So no, <laughs> um, I'm and so jealous we, of all these kids. Yeah, and, but it can also be a pitfall for you know we're seeing kids younger and younger on social media. Uh, what advice can you give to young athletes uh, and their parents um, that are trying to use social media? Um, what, what advice would you give them to use it appropriately for their sports and for their personal brand? That's a good question. Well, and I mean, for instance, when I say that I'm jealous of these kids, I wish that I knew how to handle it more. Like so many of these kids just grew up with it. So it's like second nature. Right. For me, 
now I use it for my business. I use it as a tool. And I think that even though kids, most of them aren't business people, but a lot of them are building their brands, especially athletes. If most of you kids out there could figure out a way to operate your Instagram, TikTok, whatever. I don't even know how to work TikTok. So if any of you out there know how, please show me. But um, if you can figure out how to operate it like a brand and not as a social media status tool, you know, who's the most popular, who has the most followers, who cares? Like, why, why does that matter? I will promise you by the next year or in 10 years, the people that are popular right now are not going to be the popular people, you know, then. I'm sure you feel the same way. People who are popular in high school, what are they doing right now? Probably nothing. Right. I just want more people to realize that you can use social media to leverage your brand and do positive things for yourself and don't worry about what everyone else is doing. If yeah. that means you don't want to follow anybody else, don't worry about that. So we have our uh, rapid fire final four that we typically do with our athletes. Um, I'm going to switch it up uh, a little bit with you and it's just four final questions for you. Um, so if you're ready, we'll get started. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So uh, who would be your dream sports interview? Probably Serena Williams. Serena Williams. Yeah. I love that answer. She, she's an amazing athlete. She's amazing. Okay. Number two. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received from a coach, parent, or athlete? Similar to what I've said, but stop caring what everybody thinks. Just go out and do your own thing. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Number three, who's your favorite athlete and why? It looks like you have several angels on your bobblehead. Uh, I do. Well, <laughs> my, favorite, my, fa my favorite angel of all time is definitely Tim Salmon, but I've got a lot of really great guys back here. I've, I've got Erstad. Yeah, I've got Erstad. I've got Anderson. I've got Nolan Ryan. And I've got, uh, who else do I have back here? I've got Vladdy. I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of good guys back there. But, um, oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, Serena Williams, I, I just felt like that was repetitive, but she's like my favorite female athlete. So, uh I'd probably still have to say her. I just, okay. I just love her. <laughs> and, and, and why? What about her do you love so much? Well, for one, I feel like she's very much one of the, not pioneers, but one of the faces for exploring the more than an athlete mantra. Like she does so much off the court and she also just does not care what anybody thinks. She's an amazing mother um, and, and she has all of these networks with people outside of the tennis world. The amount of work that she does that has nothing to do with sports is just unbelievable. She's a philanthropist. She grew up with this dad who was so hard on her, and yet she's developed into this brilliant, brilliant woman. And um, I, I just think through all of that, she's had such poise, and um, we can all learn so much from that. And, like, she's still going. It feels like she's been playing forever. So Yeah. Okay. Bridget, the final question is, where can people follow you and find out more uh, about your podcast and everything that you're doing? Yeah, so you could follow me on Instagram at After Orange Slices and listen to my After Orange Slices podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever. And then um, I've got another podcast called Turbo Talk, which I co-host with Super Bowl champion Robert Turbin. So that one is uh, available everywhere as well. And then I'm on Twitter at Bridget Case underscore. Perfect. And we'll put all that in the show notes. Um, right. That's all we had. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add to before, before we let you go? Nope. Just stay healthy and uh, don't touch anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. I know it, it took us a while to finally connect, but uh, I, I do appreciate you uh, scheduling with us today and uh, we'll be in touch. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Thank you, Bridget.
Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode of highlighting the best of youth sports. Be sure and subscribe and please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you or someone you know are interested in learning more about Numbers Don't Lie and what we do, what programs and services we offer for athletes, and how to get your athlete involved, be sure to visit numbersdontlie.biz. Until our next episode, go out and win the day and never miss your opportunity to be great. Thanks for listening to Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports. <laughs>